Father, today as we open the Word of God together, as we complete the final in this series, Spiritual Foundations, we just ask for open hearts, open ears, open minds to receive from the Word of God, Father, that by your Holy Spirit you'd be speaking to each one. In the holy name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Well, as I said, welcome to the final in the series, Spiritual Foundations. And uh, as you know, that the last couple of messages I've, I've zeroed in on spiritual gifts. And uh, the first of those, I looked at a passage. And so we, we looked at the seven spiritual gifts within that passage, spending a little time on each. And then last week, we looked at all the major lists of spiritual gifts. And we largely spent our time filling in a spiritual gifts questionnaire, which most of you got back to me too, which is great. So I kind of uh, have some idea of uh, the spiritual gifts within the church of various members. Today I thought I'd, I'd do the other, there's really three approaches you can take to it. The other approach is you spend the whole message on one spiritual gift, which of course you could do for all of them, but we'll be, we'd be here for about probably 27 weeks that would take. Uh, so we'll just do it for one. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to zero in on the spiritual gift of encouragement, the spiritual gift of encouragement as a final in our series today. You know, uh, Florence Luteur, uh, she writes a few excellent Christian books. Uh, one of them is uh, titled Silver Boxes. And, uh, yeah, June's read that one. And so one of the things she does in the book, she tells a story of an occasion with um, her dad, a special moment with her dad. And in the journey of this story, uh, it kind of goes like this. It's around Christmas time, which is fitting for this time of year. So her um, siblings... Three, uh, all young adults at this time, they're going to stay with mum and dad for a week or so. And uh, so it's an exciting time. She's at senior college, as the Americans call it, at this time. And she's looking forward to a time catching up with the family and, of course, mum and dad. Mum and dad run a little corner shop. And so the kids have all agreed, young adult kids have agreed, they'll look after the shop for a day to give mum and dad a break. And they've, they've planned a day trip to Boston. Anyway, the night before that planned trip, Florence's dad says, got something I want to show you. And so they go into a room that's not used very often. It's kind of got a a piano, upright piano pushed against the wall and uh, kind of a pull-out couch there. And he reaches behind the couch and takes out this cigar box. And she pops open the lid and it's got all of these newspaper clippings and articles neatly cut out and kind of piled up there in that box and she's quite excited about all this because she's, uh, she loves murder mysteries and detective books and things like that. So she's uh, quite interested in what's, what Dad's about to share with her. As she's thumbing her way through some of these articles, he says, these are articles that I wrote um, and that have been published, some to the, just a, a letter to the editor that have been published in newspapers, other articles that have been published. And she's really excited because she says, oh, Dad, that's so cool. Because my favourite subject... At school is creative writing. It's awesome. I didn't know you were a writer. And then he goes on to share, well, he said, I always wanted to be a writer. You know, I mean, but early in the marriage, you know, we, we talked about it and your mum said, well, really, you, you haven't had much education. You know, you're not going to be able to draw an income in by being a writer. You know, perhaps something more practical would be better. A corner shop. So that's what we did. And we never really talked about it much because I knew it wasn't something I, I liked to raise with her because it, it seemed to create a bit of tension. So we never went there. But 
It's special to be able to share it with you tonight. Well, um, they had a lovely evening together. And then early in the morning, mum and dad took off for their day trip. Um, Late in the evening, mum arrives back home. And she kind of walks into the room where the young adults all were. And, of course, she was by herself. So the natural thing to be said, and Florence said it, where's dad? And uh, Florence shares in her story that her mum just said, he's dead, and just kept on walking into the next room, hanging up her hat and coat. Um, The young adults knew that um, mum liked to keep in control of emotions, and so they tried to keep under control as well, and they followed her into the next room and wanted to find out what had happened. So she shares what has happened. Uh, after they got off their first train stop, uh, he collapsed and uh, she presumed it was a heart attack. She said that she spent the next hour trying to stop people from trampling him. Eventually a nurse came by and she examined him, felt his pulse, and so on, and she said, I'm very sorry, there's nothing I can do. It's no pulse, he's passed away. Later um, she talked with a policeman and eventually she went on to say, uh, managed to get his body to the mortuary and the funeral arrangements have, been, have commenced. Um, it's taken me all day to do this. Florence goes on to, to say that she shared all that without shedding a single tear. Florence writes these words at the end of that story. She says, um, Father left me no money, but he left me a box. He had little education, no degrees, But he gave my brothers and I a love for the English language, a thirst for politics, and an ability to write. Who knows what Father could have done with just a little encouragement? Who knows what Father could have done with just a little encouragement? And, of course, Florence has gone on to write a number of best-selling Christian books. One of my favourites, actually, is Personality Plus. So when I do a personality talk... I I like to base it on her book. (laughs) It tells us in the book of Thessalonians 5.11, Therefore encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Therefore encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. Paul recognised the power of encouragement. Um. To use just the English definition of our word encouragement, to inspire with courage and hope, to stimulate and incite. Now, the actual word that the Apostle Paul uses in that passage I just quoted from is this word, the Greek word parakaleo. Parakaleo um, really has two sides to its meaning. The first bit, as you've probably gathered, P-A-R-A, para, we get our word parallel lines from it. It means to come alongside. Kaleo means really what I just defined before with the word encouragement. It means to call out, to, uh, to exhort, to stimulate, to stir up. You put the two together, how the gift operates or how Paul is here giving it as a command, same word, he's saying the person who is exercising this, they're able to come alongside another person, ascertain in a sense where they're at and then with a measure of precision, Encourage them into the purposes of God. 
Let me read it here as a spiritual gift. Actually, just before, that, before I do that, let me just talk about an example of, of, of it in operation. I used to have a, a friend many years ago. He was uh, quite tall, about six foot one, same height as the original James Bond, six foot one, and he had dark hair and uh, same coloured hair as, um, as the first Bond, and he used to introduce himself like this. The name's Bond, James Bond, Kenneth James Bond. <laughs> that was his name. <laughs> he didn't like the Kenneth bit nearly as much. <laughs> but, um, but Ken used to get discouraged. And uh, he would uh, sometimes just want to catch up. And I was often amazed how he'd pour out his heart about whatever the issue was for 15 minutes or so. And then often with a measure, I think, of God's Spirit's leading. I'd share some words of encouragement with him. And it was amazing how within the space of a further 15 minutes, he would suddenly feel motivated, filled with faith, stirred up, and ready to get back in to God's work. The power of paracoleto. The power of paracoleto. Let me read that passage, which you've heard me read before, associated with the spiritual gift. It says in Romans 12, 6 through 8, We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. Same word, paracoleto. So Paul uses it as a spiritual gift, but he also uses it as an expectation, and you'll find with most of the spiritual gifts, there is actually an expectation that we live out that very reality. Even uh, if it's not necessarily a gift we're endowed with, it's still an expectation we would endeavour to live it out. In the case of this, uh, this word parakaleo, all of us can encourage. Some will be anointed for it, and they just are able to do it at a level the average person just cannot. But all of us are actually expected to do it. Therefore, encourage one another, as Paul says. Let me define it as a spiritual gift. The ability to motivate God's people to apply and act on biblical principles, especially when they are discouraged or wavering in the faith. The ability to bring out the best in others and challenge them to develop their potential. Now, one of the Biblical contexts for encouragement, of course, is the gathering, this, the church, the meeting, the getting together as believers. Let me uh, quote here from the book of Hebrews, Hebrews 10, 24. It says, and let us consider how we might spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And so here the author of Hebrews, who I think, I won't say who I think it is, or should I? Should I say it? Yeah, I think it was Apollos. That's my leaning. Some people think it was Paul. I think it's a very different writing to Paul. I think it's Apollos. Paul almost always identifies himself as the author. He doesn't in this one. I think it's Apollos. Anyway, that aside, um, the author of Hebrews here is saying, hey, some are in the habit of um, not getting together regularly. They're neglecting that. and This is not a good thing because this will affect the level of encouragement you are receiving. He's saying don't neglect getting together, but rather encourage one another. Clearly, he believed, the author believed, that the context for encouragement, one of the great contexts for encouragement was the gathering, the meeting together, the, the church gathering, the called-out party. 
the opportunity to meet together. Do you give an idea, I think, of how, it can, um, how we can be affected when we're not getting that face-to-face encouragement? Um, my very first Bible study group was a bunch of young adults. I had a bloke in my workplace who invited me many times, never give up inviting people. He invited me for about four months. Eventually, I got there. Um, but when I did, I never missed. I went regularly from that point. So it was about 15 young adults, and uh, we were all in our 20s. I think oh, I might have been one or two a bit older than that, but the rest of us were in our 20s. And mostly fairly new Christians. Uh, I wasn't saved when I first went to it. Um, one of the most mature guys in the group uh, was a fellow who would sometimes lead the Bible. The pastor used to lead that one quite often, actually. But sometimes this other guy would lead it as well. And we all looked up to him. You know, strong Christian, knew the word of God really well. And, of course, he'd been saved for a longer period of time than some of us. He'd known the Lord for three and a half years. Whoa. Whoa. Um, and, uh, yeah, look, uh, he was a man of prayer, man of the word. Anyway, he, he was newly married, didn't have any kids, and um, he uh, decided he wanted to take on uh, this work opportunity. And so off he went to Antarctica living in a little settlement like that. And, of course, as you've probably gathered, there's no churches in Antarctica. And I understand there were no Christians in that group of men that he was working with. So he was there for several months earning extremely good money, but he came back having not received any fellowship, no encouragement from fellow believers for months. He came back an atheist. And I understand that from a common friend I talked with years later, he was still an atheist years later. The power of encouragement is so important. Remove yourself from the meeting together. Remove yourself from that place of encouragement. We are affected far more, I think, than what we realise. I always say to people, like it says in the scripture, don't neglect the assembling of yourself together. As in the early church, some were in the habit of doing Make it a priority. You know, Paul had obvious life goals. When I think of the Apostle Paul, I would immediately say one of his life goals would be planting churches. Another one would be sharing the gospel. Another one would be correcting churches' doctrines, which many of the epistles are giving doctrinal direction. But you know what? Have a look at this one. Colossians 2, 1-2. I want you to know how hard I am contending for you and for those at Laodicea, and for all who have not met me personally. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love. See, another one of Paul's life's goals was to bring encouragement. My goal is that you're encouraged in heart. Now, there was a um, a youth chaplain. And just as I say, youth chaplain, one of our chaplains just leaves the building. Look at that. <laughs> um, and uh, look, he was he was a little bit discouraged that a lot of the teenagers in his high school he knew some of them had really deep problems, but they just weren't opening up. They didn't want to open up. Didn't want to talk about it. Um, and in the journey of all of that, he had a little team, and he said to his team one day, "Any ideas? How can we how can we get young people to open up?" Uh, well. One of the ladies came up with this idea. 
She called it the secret angel. And uh, again, a little bit like these boxes, silver boxes, that uh, Florence Latour talks about, they created a box. There's a little spot. You could leave a note. You didn't have to put your name on it. It's up to you. Um, but it was a place you could leave a note talking about life. And, uh, and the secret angel would respond to the note. Um, and what this lady must have had was the gift of parakaleo because she would pray over the notes and she would then write a response. Now, you'd think most teenagers would think, what a lame idea. How stupid's that? But actually, after a few of them received a note of encouragement, she started to get hundreds of notes. Big high school. Hundreds of notes, all because students were receiving paracoletto. I wonder how often we should encourage one another. Does the Bible give us any direction about how frequent this should be? Well, again, Book of Hebrews 3.12 says this, See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. How often? Well, the book of Hebrews is telling us you should encourage each other daily. Do it all the time. How often throughout the day? Well, as long as it's called today, he says. So clearly here we're getting a teaching from Scripture that encouragement is something that the expectation of the early church teachers was it should be a constant thing. We should be constantly endeavouring to encourage each other. And I find this particular passage very interesting. Notice the words that came before it. Uh, See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but rather encourage each other. In other words, that would indicate to us that if you want doubt dispelled out of your life, Make sure you're in an environment of encouragement. And it finishes off with um, the other side of the, the phrase about encouragement. But encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. You know, you want to um, get the deceitfulness of sin out of your life? Place yourself in an environment of encouragement. When encouragement is taking place, Sin is dispelled. We're more likely to do well in the things of God when we're getting encouragement. So let's, let's take that on board. Let's say, hey, let's become a place where encouragement does, doesn't just happen a bit, but let, let, let us make it a central part of who we are. Wouldn't it be great if people come along to North Church and say, oh, such an encouraging bunch of Christians there. Wouldn't that be a good thing to hear about the church? What an encouraging bunch of Christians they are. You know, I, I actually think too that this, um, this principle of paracoleto works on people who don't even know the Lord as well. You know, Pamela uh, used to work as a nurse and um, I remember her telling me a story about, uh, she worked, often worked as an agency nurse, so the agency nurses will go around and fill the holes in rosters around various hospitals. And so they sometimes get dumped with nasty situations. 
because uh, they're the new person around. Anyway, um, she was at a nursing home and um, some of the fellow or other nurses said to her, oh, that lady. She would come in and visit her husband and then, having spent an hour or so with him, would come out and she would tear shreds off the nurses saying, you know, you haven't done this, you haven't done that, you, you, you know, you're supposed to be a professional. I thought you had some training. Don't you have a degree? You know, and, uh, you know, she would go on and on and just criticise them. Well, um, she was making some determined steps towards the reception area where a few of the nurses were gathered and they quickly dispelled and left Pamela there to receive her, her fury. <laughs> well, um, before she could get much out, Pamela said to her, it's so lovely that you care about your husband so much. You know, he's, he's a lucky man to have someone who's always looking out for him, like you. What a beautiful love that you have for your husband. And with just a few words like that, the lady broke down and cried. And she just said, it's been so hard. I just can't, I find it so difficult to watch that he can't, he can't feed himself anymore. He needs help to go to the toilet. And he was such a strong, independent man. And of course... We've spent so many years together and now he's not in my home, our home anymore. He's now in this nursing home. I just miss him so much. The other nurses, of course, assumed that um, she would be few, uh, she'd have nothing but criticism for Pamela. They couldn't believe it when she was filled with praise for Pamela. The power of encouragement, friends. Parakaleo in action. I know some of you might be thinking to yourself, you know, there's not much encouragement coming my way. Not much encouragement coming my way. Well, let's pray that changes. But, you know, there are other sources of encouragement too. Have a look at this, Romans 15.4. For everything that was written in the past was written to teachers so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. You see, the scriptures themselves, they provide encouragement. They bring hope into the heart. The scriptures are a source of encouragement. And, um, you know, one of the things I do, uh, obviously we, we all still have hard copy Bibles. We might not use them as much as we used to, but um, we still have them. And I, I've got a couple that I've gone through and I've underlined lots of verses that have spoken to me. And I find sometimes just flicking through those pages Looking, just reading the underlined verses, that's all. I find after, you know, 20 minutes of that, I feel encouraged. Encouragement of the scriptures. And of course, another source of encouragement, Acts 9.31. Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It increased in numbers. Spirit of God himself, as you meet with the Lord, as you worship the Lord, as you pray, the Holy Spirit will often bring encouragement into our hearts. So three great sources of encouragement there, friends. The Bible, the Holy Spirit, and as we've been largely talking about, fellow Christians. And one of the things that um, 
you'll often note, I guess, in my approach to preaching the Word of God, um, my heart is that although knowledge of the Scriptures is important, really, I think, when I look at the way Jesus spoke, I think application is extremely important. And for many Western Christians, it's often been said about the Western churches, our obedience does not match our biblical knowledge. You know, we know far more about the Scriptures than we're actually living out. And so as an application at the end of this message, I'm going to get you in just a moment to write a note of encouragement or two to someone who is here at church today and during our fellowship time. I want you to give it to them. And one of the things that we can do is, of course, Helen and her team make some fantastic cards, all sorts of cards. So you can either grab one of these personal cards or if you're thinking, oh, I don't know which one to pick, we've also just got these, a simple little note of encouragement which we'll permanently leave here in the church building. And these cards are permanently available in the church building as well. So in a moment, I'll get you to select some of those. But just before I do, I just wrote a few notes of encouragement um, for members of our church um, just uh, yesterday afternoon. Uh, Jason had received one just recently from Helen and the team. He was uh, really, really enjoyed receiving that personal card. Let me uh, read a few here I wrote yesterday afternoon. Chris, who was up here leading communion a moment ago, this is one for Chris. Chris, I appreciate the regular encouragement you give to me verbally and through text messages. I see the love of God in you with your heart for people, particularly the hurting or the spiritually lost. As we endeavour to build God's kingdom together, we will make a difference, yours and Christ, Lee. And this is one that says, together we will make a difference. Thank you, Chris. And I've deliberately done a variety of different ways we can encourage. Here's another one. This is uh, for Mareka. I appreciate your positive, crazy personality. <laughs> it is easy to have a laugh with you. <laughs> I love your prayerful heart and your genuine care for people. Sometimes all that is said best with a hug. And this card says, hugs for you. <laughs> now, Roz, um, who was playing the violin a moment ago uh, during our communion time, which is lovely to add that colour to our time of communion, uh, Roz had a big event here just yesterday. Uh, so the place was filled, lots of students, violin students, and also, of course, their extended family and friends. And uh, one of the things that we wanted to do, because Roz um, knows that a number of them are from a Buddhist background, so I actually, uh, partly because one of the messages I preached one time, Roz asked me, could I write a little brochure here? And uh, I'm, I'm, turn around and watch me. So we had a little table set up here filled with a New Testament and a brochure that I put together just um, about the, the, well, it's Jesus and Buddhist philosophy. It looks at the, some of the comparisons, the links, some of the commonality, but then it goes on to say, hey, but 
Buddha, just, Buddha spoke of himself, or Sahata spoke of himself as a fellow traveller who was on a journey towards enlightenment, whereas Jesus says, I'm not just on the journey, I am the journey, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and it encourages you, hey, read a short biography about Jesus' life, perhaps he will help you discover enlightenment, that's the idea. I had one bloke who was a Christian but from an Indian background and he, he grabbed a whole bunch and said, I'm giving these to my friends. <laughs> but something um, Roz has given me permission to share is um, she's in a bit of, bit of a battle at the moment um, with uh, cancer. And uh, so I've just written Roz a little card here too. Roz, I admire your strong faith and positive attitude in the face of your challenge. Romans 8.28, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. My prayer is that the Holy Spirit's healing touch will be over your life, and as you move into retirement from teaching, good things are sure to happen. God's grace, Lee. And this is a card that says good things are sure to happen. Just two to go. Here's one for David. David, one of our, um, part of our board, our administration deacon. David, thank you for all the long hours you put into church board agendas, minutes, and the work you do in finances. I appreciate your hard work in sound and media. There is in the sound room right now. <laughs> and your strong commitment to North Church. I can't thank you enough for your consistent diligence. The Lord's strength be with you, Lee. And his uh, card says, can't thank you enough. One more. Now this one is to my wife, Pamela. <laughs> Pamela, the best moments happen with you. Those engaging chats over the early morning coffee the recreational companionship over a game of tennis, watching a Netflix series together, going out for a meal together. The best moments in my life happen with you, Pamela. <laughs> and that's what this card says. The best moments in my life happen with you. Well, let me have a word of prayer for you, and then I'm going to encourage you to pop up to the tables and have a look at these notes. Let's pray. Father, we give you thanks, Lord, that um, you give us lots of practical advice in your scriptures. And one of the practical pieces of advice you give us is create environments of encouragement. Encourage one another daily as long as it is called today. And so, Father, here today as we uh, take a moment now, pause in our service for five minutes where we select a card or a note and jot down some words of encouragement to a fellow a brother or sister in Christ, and share that over fellowship. We just ask that indeed, by your spirit, you would create parakaleo. In Jesus' name, amen. So please come forward, have a look at the tables, select a card or two.
and a, and a note and, and or a note and a pen and pop back to your seat and just spend five minutes writing a note of encouragement to someone. Let's do that now. <laughs>